Amen. Glory be to the Father, and Son, the Holy Spirit, now and forever, the age of ages. Amen. Make us all worthy to pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us give thanks to the manifest the merciful God, the Father, Father, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ. For he has covered us, helped us, God has accepted us to himself, spared us of our rest, and brought us this hour. Let us also ask him, the Lord our God, the Pontic Rator, to guard us in all peace, this holy day, and all the days of our life. O Master, Lord God, the Pontic Rator, the Father, Father, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for everything concerning everything and everything. For you have covered us, helped us, guard us, accepted us to yourself, spared us, supported us, and brought us this hour. Therefore, we ask and entreat your goodness, O lover of mankind. Grant us to complete this holy day and all days of our life. All peace with your fear, all envy, all temptation, all the work of Satan, the counsel of wicked men, and the rising up of enemies, hidden and manifest. Take them away from us and from all your people and from this your holy place. But do things which are good and profitable to provide for us. For it is you who has given us the authority to trade on serpents, scorpions, and upon the power of the enemy. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The grace, compassion, and love of mankind, your only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ, through whom the glory, the honor, the dominion, and the worship are due unto you, with him and the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, who is one essence with you, now and all time, to each four ages. Amen. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your great mercy, and according to the multitude of your compassion, to blot out my iniquity. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I am conscious of my iniquity and my sins at all time before me. Against you only I have sinned and done evil before you, that you might be just in your sayings and will overcome when you are judged. For behold, I was conceived in iniquities and sins my mother conceived me. For behold, they have loved your truth, they have manifested to me the hidden and revealed things of your wisdom. I shall sprinkle you the husband and shall be purified. Shall wash me and I shall be made white as snow. Shall make me to hear gladness and joy, the humble one shall rejoice. Turn away your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and you are at spirit in my worst part. Do not cast me away from your face, and do not move the Holy Spirit from me. Give me the joy for your salvation, and uphold me with the resurrection spirit. Then I shall teach the aggressors your ways, and godly men shall turn to you. Deliver me from blood, O God, the God of my salvation. My tongue shall rejoice in your righteousness. O Lord, you shall open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For if you desire sacrifice, I would have given it. We do not take pleasure in merit offering. Sacrifice of God is a broken spirit. A broken, humbled heart God shall not despise. Do good, O Lord, you give pleasure to Zion. Let the wall of Jerusalem be built. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, offer and event sacrifice. Then they shall offer clubs upon your altar. Alleluia. The blessed prayer of the retirement twelfth hour we offer to God, beseech him to give us our sins. From the Psalms of our father David, the prophet, and the king, may his blessings be with us all. Amen. Out of the depth I have cried to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? For through his forgiveness, for your name's sake, I have waited for you, O Lord. My soul has waited for you, O Lord. My soul has opened the Lord from the morning watch to night. From the morning watch, your eyes are open, the Lord. For with the Lord is mercy and great is his redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Alleluia. With my 
my voice to the Lord, I cried with my voice to the Lord, I made supplication. I'll pour out before him my supplication, my affliction, I'll pour out before him. When my spirit was fainting within me, and he knew my path and the way in which I was walking, they hid us near for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, for as no one noticed me. Refuge failed me, and there is no one who cared for my soul. I cried unto you, Lord, and said, You are my hope, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my supplication, for my brought very low. Deliver me from those who persecute me, for they are stronger than me. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name, O Lord. The righteous wait for me until you reward me. Alleluia. Holy, 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 the gospel concerned Luke, his blessings be with all Amen. Let's pray together. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen Christ the Lord. So he came into the temple, when the parents brought him the child Jesus to for him according to the custom of the law. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and glory be to people of Israel, and glory be to God forever and ever. May be the saints of God be fulfilled in peace. <speaking in Hebrew> Let's pray together. Behold, I'm about to stand before the judge, judge terrified and trembling because of my many sins. For life, spend, and pleasure deserves condemnation. But I repent to my soul so long as it dwells on this earth. For inside the grave does not praise, and in death no one remembers. Neither in Hades does it regret things. Therefore, I rise from the slumber of laziness, entreating the Savior, repenting and saying, God, have mercy on me and save me. Look, If life were everlasting in this world, ever existing, you would have an excuse for my soul. But if your wicked deeds and ugly evils were exposed before the judge should, what answer would you give while lying on a bed of sins, negligent and simple in the flesh? For Christ our God, before your awesome seat of judgment, I'm terrified. And before your counsel of judgment, I submit, and from the life of your divine regions, I tremble. I, the wretch and defiled, who lies on my bed, negligent in my life. But I take example of the publican, beating on my chest and saying, O God, forgive me and have mercy on me, a sinner. O Holy Virgin, overshadow your servant with instant help, and keep the waves of evil thoughts away from me and raise up my ailing soul for prayer and vision that has gone into a deep sleep. For you are capable of compassion and helpful mother, the bearer of the fountain of life, my King and my God, Jesus Christ, my hope. Let's pray together. Lord, all our sins which were committed against you in this day, whether in deeds or in words or in thoughts or through all sins, please remit and forgive us for the sake of your holy name, as you are a good and lover of mankind. God grant us in a peaceful night and sleep free from all anxiety and send us an angel of peace to protect us from every evil and every affliction and every temptation of the enemy. 
through the grace, compassion, love of mankind, of your only begotten Son, our Lord, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom is due with you and with the Holy Spirit, the life giver, is one essence with you, all glory, honor, dominion, now and forever, and to each for which is unknown. Have mercy on us, O God, and have mercy on us, who at all times and every hour in heaven and earth is worshipped and glorified. Christ our God, the good, the long-suffering, and the abundant in mercy, and the great in compassion, who loves the righteous and has mercy on the sinners of whom I am chief, who does not wish your death of a sinner, but rather he turns and lives, who calls all salvation with the promise of the good things to come. Lord, receive from us our prayers in this hour and every hour. Ease our life and guide us fill your commandment. Sanctify our spirits, cleanse our bodies, conduct our thoughts, purify our intentions, heal our diseases, forgive us our sins, deliver us from evil, grieve, and stress of heart. Surround us by your holy angels, that by their care we may be guarded and guided, and attain the unity of faith and knowledge of acceptable infant glory. We are blessed forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our loving Lord, our Father God, we thank you so much, O Lord, for giving us, Lord, a chance that we can be around you, Lord. Even when we come to you, Lord, when we're not prepared, when we're not ready, when we're not, Lord, even focused, you still want us to be around you, Lord. Your love to us, O Lord, is just incomprehensible, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us, Lord, to be your children, Lord. We ask you, Lord, we offer to you, Lord, all the suffering and the pain in our life for the sake, O Lord, of your children who are far away from you, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to help us to be like you in your love and your mercy and your compassion and forgiveness and teach us, O Lord, to walk with you and to be faithful until the last breath. Hear us, O loving Lord, we pray thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, how be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation and deliver us from the evil one. Christ Jesus our Lord, grants the kingdom power and glory. In the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We will continue our study in the book of Psalms. Today we will study Psalm 4. Psalm 4 actually is called Evening Psalm. It's one of the psalms that people used to pray at night. It's a specific kind of psalm because it's a psalm of someone who is falsely accused of something they did not do. And to be honest with you, like... There's so many things that can go wrong throughout the day that you might be able to deal with. But when, some, when people start saying wrong things about you and rumors about you, it's actually quite difficult. If you guys remember, for example, in the story of Job, like Job was able to take the, the killing of his children, the loss of wealth, the disease. But the one thing that really made him suffer when his friends came and told him, you must have done something wrong. You, have, you must have committed a sin. So when people touch your reputation and touch your image, it's actually a quite difficult challenge. And it's difficult for somebody to sleep at night when people have accused him falsely. 
when people accuse him falsely. Some people say that this psalm is related to the period when David ran away from Absalom. Like you see some verses as like humiliated in verse 2, uh, shrouded by lies, surrounded by lies, verse 2, anger, gloom. Some people say it's related to the period when David was running away from Absalom, but it's not clear. It's, the psalmist did not put a specific sign for it. This is one of the psalms, remember a long time ago when we, we did the introduction to the book of Psalms, we said there are some psalms of praise, some psalms of thanksgiving. This is also considered to be a psalm of laments. Psalm of lament. You're struggling all day with people talking bad about you, and it's at night, and you're going to sleep, and you're trying to sleep, but you can't. So you're trying to lament what's happening, that you might be able to find rest in God. So the psalm is so beautiful, the psalm is actually divided into four different sections. From verse 1 to verse 3, it is the Lord who answers prayers. 1 to 3, the Lord who answers prayers. Verses 4 to 6, trust in the Lord. Verses 6 to 7, pray for confidence. Verses 8, rest in peace. So let's take them one by one. The first, the first three verses is the Lord who answers prayer. So what is he saying? He says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. He's telling God, God, I have been accused unjustly of some crime. And David the prophet, even though he has been accused unjustly, he does not have a specific request that he's telling God. Always he's telling God, God, Hear me. I want to vent. I want to tell you how sad I am. He's asking for God to hear him. And he's asking for mercy. He's asking for mercy. Which is quite interesting. Why is he asking for mercy? Because a lot of time, a lot of time what makes people who are victims face difficult time is that because part of part of being a victim is that you also feel guilty and part of his life he probably feels guilty and it does not mean that he didn't do anything wrong it could very well mean that he did something wrong but he's asking for God's forgiveness these are the two things he's asking for he's asking that God hear him he's not asking for revenge He's not asking for God to come and destroy the people who talk bad about him. That's not what he's asking for. He's asking for mercy for himself and for God to hear him. The fact that he's talking to God and calls him, God, when, hear, me, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. The fact that he's talking to God and calling him the God of my righteousness, it, just, it speaks volume to his trust in God. By the way, the word righteousness in Hebrew means siddiq or it means just. So he's actually appealing to God's character as the upholder of justice. He's telling God, God, you are the God of my righteousness. You are the God of justice. You are the God that I have a personal relationship with you. I have a covenant with you. I have a strong relationship with you. 
So he's coming to him and telling God, you are the God of my righteousness. Also, by the way, the word righteousness is also important because it's connected and related to the fact that when people offer sacrifice, when people offer sacrifice, one of the, one of the graces that they receive from the priest, he tells them, may the righteousness of God be upon you. So here in this passage, when he says, you are the Lord of my, God of my righteousness, it means that you are the God that I sacrifice to, that I offer sacrifices to, that I offer prayers to. And that's actually quite important because he's not talking about David himself being righteous, but he's talking about how David becomes blameless through sacrifice. So the God of my righteousness is a just God who I know. He's also a God who made me blameless, blameless because of the sacrifice I offered. And it's actually wonderful because he's telling God, God, you are the God of my righteousness or God of justice, but he's also telling him, have mercy on me. So he knows that God is just, but he also knows that he himself is not worthy enough or strong enough to stand in the justice of God. By telling him, have mercy on me. People are talking bad about me, but I want you to hear me and I want you to pray. I want you to have mercy on me. Verse 2, he says, How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love worthlessness, worthless, worthlessness and seek falsehood? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? Salah. Now, as he's praying, you can think about this with me. He's lifting up his heart to God. All day long, people talk about him. Part of him is, he's also, his mind is as if he's talking to people. He's distracted, like all of us. Sometimes you stand in prayer, and you have a big problem, and you pray to God, and then your mind goes back as if you're talking to people. Back and forth. That's exactly what he's struggling. But he's struggling in the presence of God. He says, how long, you sons of men, will you turn my glory into shame? Who are the sons of men? Most likely, he's talking to the rich people or the wealthy people in his community who are turning against him. It could be, if it during the story of Absalom, then those who went with Absalom, or it could be those, like for example, the leader of his army, Joab, give him a hard time. It could be those who lived with him. Those who lived with him. And you see the same, similar reference in Psalm 62.9. He says, surely men of low degree are vapor. Men of high degree are a lie. If they are weighted on a scales, they are altogether lighter than vapor. So the men who are the sons of men, he's focused mainly on those who are wealthy, those who are controlling in, in the community. Now, it's quite important because what happens is, is that as he's praying, he's getting distracted almost, and if, as, as if he's talking to people, and he's talking to people and he's telling them, why are you turning my glory into shame? What does that mean, why are you turning my glory into shame? A lot of times, for example, you do something right, and people bring it 
down and make fun of you. You go on vacation and you're fasting and everybody else is not fasting. And people start telling you, you know, you're ruining the, you're ruining the vacation, you're doing this, you're doing that. You take communion every day. People say, why you take communion every day? Monks didn't take communion every day. Do you talk to your father of confession about take communion every day? As if like you're committing a big sin. You abstain from food. People say, oh, this is, this is, you know, this is too much and this is not healthy. And Why are you turning my glory into shame? He says, those people are seeking falsehood. It's almost like part of this, as David is talking and complaining and lifting up his heart to God, He's still getting what's inside of his heart. He's venting in front of God. He's telling God what's happening. And he gets distracted. He almost talks to God. And then what happens? The word salah. What's the word salah means? There is silence. Music goes up. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's the word. And, and he starts kind of reflecting more. Once he reflects more, he goes back to God. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call him to him. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call him. Look here, some verse 2 is so beautiful. Verse 2, he says, How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? Verse 3, what he says in verse 3. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. What is the word set apart for? means holy. God makes you holy. He says, how long you turn, you son of man, turn my glory into shame. You want to take my glory, my holiness, and turn it into shame? He says, by the way, what I discovered in prayer, that it's not up to you. God is the one who sets me apart. The answer is actually with God, not with you. And that's why it's, it's, it's quite known in our church that a lot of the Holy Fathers, the church, like for example, Pope Krullus and Pope Shenouda, they were accused falsely for many years. And maybe some of their beautiful life did not come out until after the death. So the psalmist, as he prays, and once he reached the word Salah, he comes down, his thoughts are calm, the Spirit comes in, and he answers his own question through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit answers him. He says, it's not the people who are turning your glory into shame. Everything depends on God. Everything depends on God. God has given you more than your enemies. There's a clear change that happens in the voice and the soul of David at this point. Now, verse 4 and 5, after this little introduction, and after he spoke about asking God to hear him, asking God to have mercy on him, getting distracted, then the Spirit brings him back and answers his question. Now, he brings us to trusting in the Lord. So what is he saying? Whatever he says is not only for the congregation who is hearing him, it's also for himself. It says, be angry and do not sin. 
Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still, Salah. He discovered almost a way, this is a, a very interesting verse. He almost discovered an answer to himself and to the enemy at the same time. He says the enemy is angry and I'm angry. For the conclusion is, he says, be angry and do not sin. He's still addressing the sons of men and giving them advice. He says, you can be, be angry, but don't sin. You can be upset, but don't curse. And don't speak bad about people. He says, practice self-control. And the second advice he's giving him, he says, meditate within your heart. He's almost turning into like a father of confession, telling people how to deal with anger. He says, one, the first thing you need to do is do not sin. Hold yourself, self-control. The second thing is, how do you have the self-control? Is meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Take time to calm down. This is all he's discovering within prayer. God is telling him, calm down. Be still. You guys know, for example, in the New Testament, there are some people who got too angry. So a couple of the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ in, 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 nine, in Luke 9, chapter, uh, verses 54. They were in Samaria and people did not receive Jesus in Samaria. What did they say? And when the disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Just like Elijah did. They got angry because people would not respond to their message and wanted to kill them. And this is, God, by the way, rebuked them. God rebuked them. Here, what David the prophet is saying, he says, the people are trying to turn my glory into shame. They're trying to do all these things. I'm getting angry with them. Now, for me personally as David, the Spirit is telling me, okay, it's okay to be angry, but do not sin. The second thing, I need to meditate on my heart, on my bed. I need to be still. I need to calm down. And this is also the same advice that David is telling the people those who are angry with him and those who are turning his glory to shame. Also, one of the things that's really important is one of the saints one of the saints said that it is important for you to be angry with your sins, not angry with anybody else. Be angry and repent. When I'm angry at people, I'm motivated by pride. And some people take that verse and says, the Bible tells us be angry and do not sin. So that's an excuse for them to be angry and to scream and to yell. No. The one thing that I should be angry with is my own sin. And here, when David the prophet is saying, be angry and do not sin, he's not talking about angry against the people, against his enemies. He's probably angry at himself for the way he thought that the answer was in the hands of people, not God. How long will you people turn my glory to shame? And it turned out to be God is the one in control. And by the way, this is important since Empress was saying, in his time, the Greek philosophers were trying to give immunity from punishment from those who commit crime while they're angry. Because they said when you're in anger, you're in a state of you cannot control yourself, so they want to give them some sort of immunity. 
Obviously, that did not work. All right? So the scripture is telling us when you're angry, angry, be, be angry with your sin. And there are so many, so many, many treatments for anger. So David already, through the Spirit, gave us two, two ones. One, to practice self-control. Number two, to meditate. Obviously, you can offer thanksgiving. You can go confess your sins like David asked for the mercies of God. You can examine your past action and try to find uh, a way to, to remedy them. And then he goes to the third advice. He says, offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. So after David told them, practice self-control, meditate on your heart as if he's telling them to repent and sit by yourself and sit still and think about your mistakes. Now he's telling them, offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Sacrifices of righteousness, those who are offered properly, those are offered from people who are not just doing rights, but they're doing them from a spiritual sense. He's talking to leaders, he's talking to himself. It's actually, I tell you guys something interesting, and I mentioned it early briefly. In the time, in the time of, 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 the, of, the, of, of Aaron and Moses, and even in the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens is the priest would offer incense in the holies, and once the priest finishes offering the incense, he would come outside and bless the people. And after he blesses the people, they go in and offer the animal sacrifice. So what is the blessing that the priest will tell the people after, after, after the, he offered the incense? It's in Numbers chapter 6, verses 25-26. He will tell them, The Lord will make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His contents upon you and give you peace. So he's telling them, offer the sacrifice of righteousness. Why? They are angry. Now they're going to go to church and the, the Lord will give you peace. The Lord will offer, will lift up his contents upon you. The Lord will be gracious to you. Another way to, greet, to, to treat anger is to go and receive communion. This is, by the way, that happened in the story of Zechariah when he was in the temple. It says the people were waiting for him outside. Why were the people waiting outside? Because they cannot offer the animal sacrifice until Zechariah comes out and gives them the blessing and then they offer the animal sacrifice. He's, they're waiting for that blessing of peace. David is saying to himself, it's evening psalm. I could not keep my thoughts. I'm distracted. I prayed to God. I told God, God, hear my prayer. Have mercy on me. As he's praying, he got distracted. And he's telling him, people are attacking me. And people are, why are, why are you people doing this? He even forgot that he's talking to God. Then he took, takes a moment of salah, a moment of calmness. The Holy Spirit speaks to him and tells him, those people have no control over your life. God controls everything. And he comes back and he reminds himself, I need to control my anger. I need to be angry with my own sin. I need to be angry with the fact that I did not trust in God. And I thought those people control the world. I need to meditate more. I need to sit still more. I need to go back tomorrow and offer sacrifice. Now, what is David doing? He's inviting his enemies to taste God. Look at verse 6. He says, There are many who say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your contents upon us. He's reminding them, by the way, of the sacrifice of Aaron, the one I just said. 
It says, lift up your contents upon them. It means, some people says, you know, what's, do you really think the sacrifice will do anything? Do you really believe when you go and the priest tells you the, the, the Lord will lift up his contents upon you, you're going to receive anything? Do you believe that when you pray, God listens to you? Do you believe that when you actually go and give tithe and offer to the poor and all that stuff, this is really something you're doing because you're a good man or because you're doing it just to feel good about yourself? Now he's saying, there are many who say, who will show us any good? He says, Lord, lift up the light of your contents upon us. Who's us here? It's David and those who are saying, who will show us any good? David was angry earlier. Now he's praying for his enemies. He's praying for those who are doubting. He's praying for those who have self-pity. He's praying for those who do not want him to pray. He's praying for the faith of the people who are with him. This is what's happening with David. See how his prayer is changing? Now verses 7 to 8, it's prayer for confidence. It says, You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. What is he saying here? People, he says, just to make the connection. Verse 6, he's praying for everybody, even for the people who are far away, those who even claim that God doesn't do anything for them. But David tells God, no, there's something significant you have done. What is it? You have put the gladness in my heart. You have given me joy inside my heart that nobody can explain. How did David overcome the voice of doubt that he started with? Not, the fact, not only the fact that the Spirit told him that God is in control, but the fact that his heart became filled with joy. He came in with all these distractions, all these worries, all this suffering, and now he's joyful. He told him, you have put gladness in my heart. There's actually some translation. It almost says, you have stamped my heart with gladness. You know how we usually stamp what you usually used to stamp, you used to use the picture of the king to make a stamp. This is a picture of our Lord stamped in his heart. And that's an, a perfect example to show that, that happiness does not come from outside. It comes from within. When David meditated, he sat still, he decided to go to church next day, his heart was filled with joy, filled with joy. And here, look here, he says, uh, you, feel, you put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. What is he talking about here? There are some people in the time of David the prophet who would offer wine and grain to the idols. Like, for example, they had a pagan god for fertility. So those who were not, give, not able to give birth, they'll bring in wine and grain and they offer some prayers and they believe that in, in all this stuff, somehow they will be able to give birth. And obviously giving birth in this time was significant and was so much joy. Like for somebody to give, to give actually child, it's so much joy. Whether, whether it's Jewish or not Jewish, because children were considered to be part of your wealth, part of how great you are. So he's telling him, the gladness you have given me is more than those who even get children in a way. 
more than the season that their grain and wine increased, more than those who have children by their false fertility gods. And by the way, some of these, some of these false worship entered Israel as well. So what, is, what makes you confident, David, so much? is because my heart is full of joy. Is this joy normal? It's not normal because I was so distressed and people talk bad about me and nothing changed. But there's a significant change in my heart. This heart, is so, this joy is so, so big. Bigger than any false god out there. Bigger than the music, better than the dances, better than going and having fun, better than drinking, better than any all these false gods. Better than all the wine and the grain, better than the making more money and the investment and the money and the richness. What's inside, it's a stamp inside my heart that I cannot explain. And now, verse 9. Remember, he started by the fact not able to sleep. His thoughts are troubling him. He says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. Wow. He couldn't sleep at the beginning. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I'm not only happy... But now my thoughts are calm. You, you know, do you guys understand how difficult it is to like have an issue with people who have rumors about you and talk bad about you? And within five verses, or sorry, nine verses, he says, hmm, now I feel good, I'm going to go to sleep. He closes with a sense of confidence and peace. Sleep. He says, by the way, he says, um, he says what? I am both lie down in peace and sleep. What does it mean I lie down, sleep, uh, lie down in peace and sleep? It's not like I'm going to sit on my bed and play with my phone because I can't sleep. He's going to sit on his bed and he will fall asleep. He's, 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 he's determined. He knows that this is going to happen. All right? Why? Because you are for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. There's a... There's a, quite, there's a quite connection between how David makes his faith explicit and how God responds. In verse 1, for example, it says, When I call, answer me. In verse 3, where it says, The Lord hear when I call. The Lord heard when I called. God of my righteousness. In verse 1, verse 5, sacrifice, right sacrifice. There's, 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 there's a give and take in prayer. Be gracious and hear my prayer. In verse 1, verse 3, The Lord hears when I call. Verse 4, speak in my ear. Verse 7, you have put gladness in my heart. Upon your bed remain silent. Both eight, I both lie down and sleep. Remember the advice he was giving people, telling them, telling them sit on your bed and lie down and meditate? Now he's past that point. He's meditating and he's able to sleep and he's fine. All his issues were resolved in that psalm. He turned actually to be a person who prays for everybody. Prays for his, for his enemies, a person is able to sleep, a person is over to, ever able to come, people who speak bad about him. This is a truly wonderful psalm that we can pray, especially at night when our thoughts are distracted and our minds are not able to focus on prayer. And glory be to God forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Hear us, our loving Father, I pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Christ, yes, our Lord, Christ, the King of power and glory of heaven and ever. Amen. My Lord, precious Jesus, no one is more beloved. With him I am no stranger, and the cross is no burden. My Lord, precious Jesus, no one is more beloved. With him I am no stranger, and the cross is no burden. How beautiful is life with him, Jesus, Lord of heaven. How beautiful is life with him, Jesus, Lord of heaven. He blesses life, living with him is pleasant. In his protection I live. With vigor my soul treads upon all the lusts. My beloved is lovely, filled with splendor. How beautiful is life with him, Jesus, Lord of heaven. How beautiful is life with him, Jesus, Lord of heaven. He blesses life, living with him is pleasant in his protection I live. My pains in the wilderness, their number matters not. In the eternal meadows, the omnipotent carries me. How beautiful is life with him, Jesus, Lord of heaven. How beautiful is life with him, Jesus, Lord of heaven. He blesses life, living with him is pleasant in his protection I live. In times of weakness, I 
Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Hear us, a loving Father, and pray thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. Christ Jesus, our Lord, has the kingdom promised. 